Welcome to the Investing Tutor Podcast, the show for professionals looking to master the most up-to-date strategies needed to build wealth and provide a stable financial future. Here's your host, Dr. Hans Boateng. Hello, friends. Dr. Hans here, the Investing Tutor, and I have a phenomenal episode for you today. So why do Africans spend and rarely save. I know the title might come off as a little bit offensive. Forgive me, but wanted to grab your attention. But at the very same time, explain how the monetary policy of certain countries can shape the spending or financial patterns of its citizens, right? So if you're listening to this, if you're African, specifically, let's say, Ghanaian, Nigerian, or if you've lived in, you know, countries where you see your currency being devalued against the dollar, this episode would resonate and make a lot of sense. So let's go back to the title of of, of what we're going to be talking about. So why do Africans spend and rarely save? Let's imagine, I want you to imagine you live in a country where you're paid, okay, for, you know, the work that you do. And in a couple of months, the value of the money that you have relative to what it can purchase, right, it is worth less. And you see that constantly happen over and over again. When it comes to saving, the idea is to be able to keep money, right, in an account or in some kind of a vehicle so that you can access that money for the future. Now, if you place money into an account or you place money into something and a year later you've lost 20, 30, 15, 40% of your purchasing power. Well, what is the incentive for you to save? What's the incentive? So immediately that you get that money, the first thing you want to do is to figure out what can you spend it on? Because if you don't spend it in a month, two, three, or maybe a year from now, you will need more money to be able to purchase the exact same things that you buy. So then that cycle kind of teaches you unknowingly that when you get money, you have to spend it. Think about this for a second. When you go to Africa, right? And I can use Ghana, for example. Most individuals have been made to believe that the main thing that they can place their money into is land or a property or a home, right? And the reason for this is because land or property is a fixed asset. What do I mean by this? And and when I say fixed asset, I'm alluding to the point that, you know, there's some scarcity to it. Right. So it's a fixed asset. It's it's a scarce asset. So then you cannot make more of it. Right. Whereas a currency of a particular country, 
they can choose to print or create more of it. And, and in essence, it reduces the value or the purchasing power of that currency. So because, you know, land or property is a fixed asset, most individuals just default into, I'm going to go buy land or parents who tell their kids, build a house, right? which translates into build a house back home if you are an immigrant living abroad, right? And the reason is because if you're holding currency, specifically if it's denominated in local, um, in the local currency, it is losing value, whether it's 15, 20, 30% on a year-to-year basis. So then you want to, Use that money to purchase a fixed asset. Now, what most people don't realize is this. When you have a fixed asset like a house or gold, right, or silver, whatever it is, when you have a fixed asset and then you have a devaluation of currency, meaning your currency is being worth less, well, you will need more of that currency to purchase that asset. So for most Africans, because they see property appreciating so fast, their assumption is that the property is just worth a lot more, right? It's just a simplistic way to look at it. Sure, The value of the home is slightly increasing over time, but what most people don't understand is that the appreciation in the homes, right, of the countries that you live in, it is a mixture of the devaluation of a currency as well as, you know, the productivity of of individuals or companies, right, within that country. So most people just chalk it up to, oh, the property is increasing because, you know, my house is being worth more and more and more. They don't realize that it is giving them a sign of the level of depreciation of a particular country's currency, right? And like I said, it also shows you know, a certain level of, you know, productivity or at least the development, right? If there's an inflow of capital into a particular country, um, you know, maybe by foreign investors, X, Y, Z, that can also increase property value, right? Because then you have a fixed supply of homes or land, and then you have a high demand, that money flowing into the country is also going to prop up the value. So I'm not saying that the increase in property value is only due to devaluation of currency, but a significant portion or at least a noteworthy portion of that appreciation is also due to, uh, you know, inflation or a devaluation of the currency of, of those local countries. So why do I share all of this? Most individuals who grew up in countries where the currency was losing value 
on a monthly or yearly basis, you just naturally tend to just want to spend, right? Now, we don't realize how that transcends um, specific countries. And that habit then stays with us, right? And even when we find ourselves um, living abroad, we still have those types of uh, inherent behaviors. Money comes in and then it's out. You look at a savings account, you barely have anything to show for all of your hard work. And here in, in America, you know, most people cannot afford or they don't have, you know, the best credit. And when I say cannot afford, you know, down payments, things of that nature. So then, um, you know, some individuals don't have homes. So then they are not accruing or building um, equity in, in homes. So then most immigrants, um, most Africans don't have any assets to their name. And it's because of a monetary policy in a country that either they were born in or their parents were born in. And now it's impacting them financially. and Many of them don't realize it. So why do I share all of this? I share all of this because I want individuals to realize that first and foremost, we need to change our habits by recognizing why we do certain things. So perhaps if you're listening and you're someone who, you know, money comes in and their money is gone, it very well could be that you know, you, you grew up in the environments that I've described. So I just want people to be cognizant of that and, and to prioritize building wealth, which is done by the acquisition of assets. The moment where you have more assets than you have liabilities, you become free. I'll repeat that again. The moment that you notice you have more assets whether it's investments, real estate, um, cryptocurrency, which we'll talk about shortly, that fund your lifestyle, those assets throw off money, right? The moment you see that you're at a point where your assets fund your lifestyle without you needing to work, you're financially free. The reason I share this whole thing about, you know, the monetary policy of certain countries impacting the behavior of people is I want you to understand how this is rooted in the creation of cryptocurrency. So Bitcoin was created in essence to give us back our ability, okay, to be able to store our wealth without it being eroded away by government or, you know, politicians. That is what Bitcoin is doing. So then, in essence, once you understand that Bitcoin was created to fix this erosion of purchasing power, which happens because of the printing of money or, you know, the... Um, corruption that happens in, in certain countries. Once you understand that Bitcoin is fixing this, I wanted to encourage you to 
shift from being only a spender to becoming someone who not only saves in terms of having money in a bank account, but then becoming an investor. And that's what Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is going to allow us to be able to do. Because Bitcoin has a fixed quantity, it's a fixed supply. So because of that, it also retains its value. You know how we discussed how property back home, back in Africa, it appreciates or it increases over time because of what? There's a huge demand. So there's more capital chasing that fixed supply. It's the same thing with Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. Right, It's a fixed supply and the more that there is demand, so the more that countries print money, whether it's the US, um, you know, Europe, um, African countries, the more that they print money, the higher the value that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency becomes. Because if a currency is, is being depreciated at, let's say, roughly... Uh, 20% per year, right? What that means is that every three and a half years, that currency, that's losing 20% of its value. Every three and a half years, what you're purchasing in that country, whether it's produce, whether it's food, food at the mall, whether it's school fees for your kids, whether it's gas to fill your car, whatever you're buying in that country, every three and a half years, the price of those things double. That is what happens with a 20% inflation rate or a 20% devaluation of a currency juxtaposed with the dollar, right? So, People don't realize how that just subconsciously trains you to spend, right? Why would you keep money that is becoming worthless? So yeah, after identifying this, I just want you to know um, that uh, cryptocurrency is the solution and it's the solution for anyone anywhere globally, right? And once individuals recognize eventually that Bitcoin, cryptocurrency is going to act as a store of wealth where individuals can own digital property. There's just going to be an influx of demand. And in my opinion, it's going to send the prices of these digital assets through the roof. If you're someone who isn't actively investing, if you're someone who's always made an excuse of, hey, I'll invest later, or you don't find yourself driven to want to acquire assets. I hope maybe this sheds light on perhaps the reason why and that you actively focus on pursuing wealth. You actively focus on acquiring assets and you actively focus on building generational wealth. If you are interested in learning more about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, digital assets, I would love to welcome you to Bitcoin Africa. It's a brand new club that was just launched. And for the month of July, 
I'm doing everything I can to enroll as many new members as possible. So if this sounds like something that you'd be interested in, go over to BitcoinAfricaClub.com. The website again is BitcoinAfricaClub.com. It's a club for Africans and friends of Africans. So everyone is welcome. So you all have a fantastic rest of your day and I hope to see you in the club.